The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about what Washington has up its sleeve for you, and it ain't good. Um, where my guest today is Bob Beaupre. He is an expert on what's going on in Washington. Actually, um, you know, you are, you are a piece of Americana. Um, you are a Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> oh, you're so kind, Doctor. Thank you. That's what your bio Well, I've been flattered of. before, but I don't know that I've ever been likened to a Norman Rockwell painting. That's how nice of you. <laughs> Bob has gone from dairy farmer, a whole family history of dairy farmers, to banker to congressman, and also he was the Republican nominee for the governor of Colorado in 2006. And um, he is active in the John Hancock Committee. Um, Last week, for those of you who were listening in, I was talking about things that we need to do. To, or was it the week before? Recently, I was talking about things that we need to do because of um, because of taxes. The man who uh, uh, flew his plane into the IRS building and so on. And I was uh, <laughs> telling you that, that yay, yay him, and yet also telling you uh, don't do this at home. Um, but I, what I was basically saying at the end was that there are a lot of things going on in Washington that are not good for you and not good for our country. And we need to organize and uh, stop these things. And so today's guest um, offers you a, a prime example by what he does himself and also the things that he's involved with um, as suggestions for what you can do uh, to, to stand up against this, this, um, some of the things coming down the pike. You know, Bob, um, it, it really, it's very frightening um to think that in just what um you know in in this four year term i mean it doesn't seem like obama if if the country wakes up uh, and goes out to vote it doesn't seem like obama is going to get a second term and what seems like it's is happening is that he recognizes that at some level and is trying to turn this country upside down in the one four year term that he has uh, I think that there's a, a pretty easy argument to make for just exactly that. And in the last week or so, we've seen further evidence, if we need it anymore. The, uh, you know, the, the election in Massachusetts, I think a lot of people thought, put the brakes on their attempt to take over the, the health care industry in America with uh, what I think most people have come to call Obamacare. Uh, 
mm-hmm. a nationalized health uh, health plan. Uh, and uh, and yet, uh, while he first said, "Oh yeah, I, I hear you. I get the message. Uh, we'll have this bipartisan or this bipartisan summit. Uh, we'll sit down, wipe the slate clean, start all over." But even before the summit, he had laid his own plan on the table. Uh, immediately post summit, in fact, before the sunset that day, uh, there was already the talk from the leadership of uh, of just bowing our neck and plowing through. Obama drew a line in the sand himself and says, you got a month, maybe six weeks, and let's get this done, as he said on uh, the Sunday talk shows. Um, Nancy Pelosi is sending a message out to her members of the House. I don't care if it costs you your election. Uh, We need your vote on this thing. Yes, I thought that Uh, was an astounding statement. uh, Unbelievable demonstration of arrogance. And I guess since I I lived inside the belly of the beast, I can I can tell you exactly the way I saw it. That that was a an unbelievable, maybe unprecedented uh, demonstration statement of arrogance uh, on her part. But it tells you where they're at. Whether they've got a little while or a long while, they're going to pin back their ears and uh, and plow ahead with um, this reshaping of America. And I think a um, what's going on really is a gross intrusion on our our freedom. Uh, you know, the Founding Fathers drew up a system that basically could be described as maximum individual freedom and minimum government uh, control and coercion. And right now we're seeing just exactly the opposite take place. Yes. I mean, you know, it goes along, Nancy Pelosi's statement goes along with um, what Obama did, I guess, a few months ago when he tried to uh, whip the Democrats into shape and tell them that, you know, get them all excited using psychological tactics. Um, you that would recognize is, that. Yes, that this is such a, a, a precedent-setting, you know, you have a chance to do something for history. You'll be known in history, you know, for voting for this health care bill and so on. And it's just, that's just kind of a continuation of that, that Nancy Pelosi is saying this is so important that it's worth sacrificing your own uh, ambitions or your own ideas of what's best for this country, your own desire to to help this country, hopefully, um, and and just you know just vote for this, no matter what else you want to do. Um, just you know, even if it means you're not going to get elected next time, which seems likely. Um, just this is so important that that you should be willing to to give up your whole career and your life's aspirations just to pass this legislation. I mean, it's just, it's, it's something that you wouldn't expect to happen in America. Well, and there's another piece of it. Um, you know, I, I fully respect and, and admire uh, the challenge of, of legislators, elective leaders, to sometimes think through complex issues uh, and lead. Sometimes that means you're going to be criticized for it, but there's also a responsibility to listen to the folks back home because for example or i guess in in reality not for example uh, our elected leaders in a republic uh, have but a temporary proxy to go vote on our behalf uh, it is our proxy not the other way around and uh, they're they're not the uh, the enlightened few they're not the anointed ones they are temporarily given a, a, uh, a proxy to to, uh, to represent us in Congress and and the president as well in the White House. Now, the most recent polls, and I watch these pretty closely, are moving, is continuing to move against 
the president, against this health care initiative, against the Democrat leadership, to the point that almost two to one, by about a two to one margin, America is saying we don't want this, wipe the slate clean, start fresh, start new. And yet Pelosi and company, as you've just said, are bowing their neck and say, you know, all, all those folks back home must not know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this anyway. Uh, just open wide, America, swallow your medicine, uh, and take it like a man. Uh, it's, it, um, I don't know. It defies logic. It defies judgment. It defies, I think, uh, good common sense and respect for the people that, that sent them there. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I'm concerned that because this has been going on so long and because it's so confusing and so many pages and no one, you know, very few people take the time to read all of it, including the congressman. Um, uh, you know, I'm worried that there's some sort of battle fatigue setting in and that the public isn't being as vocal. You know, maybe in polls, yes, but as far as making demonstrations and so on, that seems to have died down. That's part of the strategy, and uh, unless you've unless you've been in Congress, you may not uh, immediately understand that. But part of the strategy of legislative leadership uh, is to, um, to kind of wear you down, get you to the point of exhaustion. Uh, there comes a point in time when people uh, on both sides of the aisle say, "All right, already, let's just go vote and get it over with." And uh, you'll get some few, and, and this thing we know will either be passed or defeated by fairly narrow margins. Um, you get to the point where you just wear people down, and hopefully uh, if you're the leadership and trying to pass something, they come your way. Uh, if you're the loyal opposition, you hope you can uh, you can get some to come to your side. But you're, you, you put your finger on it. There is a uh, an exhaustion element that goes into the... Uh, the process of passing complex legislation. You know, one of the interesting things that's happening in California that that sort of um, perhaps you can explain it. Um, there's, I'm sure you know that Anthem Blue Cross, the California yes. Division of Blue Cross, um, has just raised its rates astronomically, approximately thirty percent, and which you know, since they're already high, it, it really does. Uh, um, add quite a bit. Now, why would they do that at a time like this when that just fuels um, the president's, you know, and his cronies, their, um, their, their power of, to convince people that, oh, yes, insurance is too high? There's, uh, there's, there's at least two possible scenarios that I can imagine. There's probably more. One one is that they're really not very smart. Uh, that that they just didn't do the calculus on how damaging uh, to them, to insurance companies, to this whole polluted, already polluted environment, uh, that kind of a maneuver might be. Uh, that's possible, I suppose. But most of those companies have some some reasonably astute, experienced government affairs kind of people advising them. The other scenario that I can imagine is that they think, um, as the president has in his plan, price controls are coming, that pretty quickly the government is going to be dictating uh, their entire business, and they may be taking a bit of, they see this as defensive, and they think that they they need to get what rate increases they can when they can. Mm -hmm. I don't subscribe to that, 
I think that I think that uh, it poisons the well and invites this government power grab and price controls that I hope most people see as wrong-headed and anathema uh, to to the long term. But uh, it it uh, the cure for that, in my opinion, uh, is not to have the government step in and and slap price controls on, but to have more more options, more more uh, competition in the marketplace. Because if somebody raises their prices too high, somebody else will come in beneath them, yes. and it gives the consumer an option, just as if you were buying a, a car, a house, a shirt, uh, a bag yes. of groceries. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, that is capitalism and the free market and all that, and, yeah. which seems to be some concepts that are being forgotten in Washington. Um, I, I actually was thinking of another possibility, that um, perhaps they see the polls, you know, and see that people are against this and see that now that we have an extra Republican in Congress and so on, that they don't think that Obamacare has much success, uh, much of a chance of success, and so they're just going to go in and go right ahead and do what they want. Risky calculation, in my opinion. I don't think this fight is, is anywhere close to over. Yeah. Well, we need to take a break. My guest is Bob Beaupre. He is... Um, <laughs> He is uh, a piece of Americana, as I said, a Norman Rockwell painting, going from being a dairy farmer to congressman to the Republican nominee for the governor of Colorado, and obviously someone who has his pulse on Washington, his finger on the pulse of Washington. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking more about what's going on in Washington and terrorism and and, uh, the protection, how safe we all are, and so on, all things you need to know about. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With me today is Bob Bupre. He is um, a former congressman and the Republican nominee for the governor of Colorado and and activist uh, still in the ways of government. Um, Let's just take uh, five minutes or so and do a little uh, snapshot bio of you because you know, it's just so charming. It's kind of like what this country was originally founded on uh, and the, the values and so on. So could you just give us a little background? Well, you're kind again. I, I am a lucky man. I was raised by good good parents, Depression-era kids, uh, didn't have a lot of formal education. Dad, eighth grade, mom, ninth, but they were very smart, uh, self-reliant people. And I thank them for uh, instilling the values and principles that they had their whole life and instilling them in me. Uh, I did go uh, into business with my my parents and another brother on our family dairy farm. Uh, Originally, wanted to get a degree in something and get as far away from the farm as fast as I could. Uh And uh, once I went to college uh, in the 60s at CU Boulder, University of Colorado, I realized the rest of the world was a pretty nutty place and that farm looked good. Hmm. I did that for a number of years with my parents. We eventually got out of the dairy business, but I immediately transitioned into uh, community banking. I had been on the board of a bank and saw how important especially those those little hometown banks were to small business people. It certainly was our case in, in the dairy business. And uh, my wife and I ran one, uh, grew it uh, quite successfully, and and along the way was uh, always politically active. I uh, I was asked to be a county party chairman, later a state party chairman, and and while I was state party chairman, I uh, was asked to run for Congress, which I did. Um, won the closest election in the entire United States in 2002. Uh, out of 160,000 votes cast, Doctor, uh, I won by 121 votes. Mm. Um, and then uh, ran for governor, as you mentioned, uh, and uh, came in second. Mm-hmm. Uh, since time, we, uh, we we bought a ranch back in, in Colorado's mountains, so I've gone full circle. 
kind of back to my roots uh, and raising buffalo. The kind of the one remaining livestock fantasy I had was was seeing if I could raise those those magnificent beasts, and uh, mm. we're having a lot of fun doing that. Uh, doing that in partnership with with one of our sons. So, uh, written a book, uh, do a lot of political pining, and staying close to the political process. Who knows? Maybe someday uh, there's another office out there that we uh, we feel compelled to run for. We'll see. Yes, and the book is called A Return to Values: A Conservative Look at His Party. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it came out as a challenge. A publisher approached me and said, "You know, you've been through the uh, the mill, so to speak." It was in in uh, 2007, shortly after the 06 election, when my party didn't do so well. And he said, it strikes me that you might have an idea how your party can return to its uh, once proud place of, uh, of prominence in American politics. Um, there was a lot of talk then, still is in some circles, that what the Republicans needed to do was move to the center, uh, moderate their positions, of which I thought was nonsense. I, uh, I ran for Congress uh, as a conservative, uh, my, my father's son, as I like to say. Uh, and um, those principles, I think, served not only our party well, but more importantly, our nation well for our now more than two centuries of existence. And uh, I think they're the right principles, uh, the right uh, beliefs to solve the problems that we've got in front of us right now. Again, more freedom for individuals, more personal responsibility, and a whole lot less reliance on government and government control. Um, so I wrote the book, address uh, in it um, these key issues, and uh, and develop what I call an agenda for America, uh, making the case why it's conservative, not liberal, solutions to these big issues in front of us right now that are the appropriate course to take. Mm-hmm. Well, I was um, in Los Angeles. I was the West Side. I forget my title, but I was something in the McCain, <laughs> something small, but I was <laughs> had some title in the McCain campaign, a, mm-hmm. a volunteer title, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get back to <laughs> some of the dangers at hand. We were talking about, um, y- you pointed out this really interesting uh, notion or, or observation that um, I actually hadn't been aware of, and that's, what you wrote in regard to uh, terrorist lawyers in the Justice Department. Holder admits to appointing nine who defended detainees. Um, t- you know, that, I, other than your uh, writing on it, I really, that sort of went past me. I, 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 they, I don't think much has been made of this. Could you uh, tell us all about this and what the significance is? Well, you're not alone. The mainstream media has hardly touched the story. Um, this really goes back to last November when uh, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley noticed that uh, a lady, a female attorney last name Daskal, D-A-S-K-A-L, I believe, um, showed up working for the Department of Justice. The reason she was significant is that she had actually advocated on behalf of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the self-confessed 9-11 mastermind. Um, so Chuck Grassley, Senator Grassley, wrote a letter to our Attorney General, Eric Holder, and said, um, you know, I, I, I noticed this. You got any more <laughs> attorneys over there that have uh, also defended captured terrorists? Um, 
I guess uh, disappointingly, but not completely uh, a surprise, Eric Holder took more than three months to answer Senator Grassley's letter. He just recently did that and uh, told Senator Grassley that he didn't go through the entire Department of Justice. He surveyed, as he called it, a few departments and found at least nine. At, at least, least nine. nine. He didn't. He didn't choose to uh, to identify who they were, but he said at least nine that had uh, previously uh, defended, advocated on behalf of of uh, captured terrorists. And uh, you know, I find this outrageous, Doctor. Uh, imagine, if you will, for a minute uh, that you uh, lost a family member on 9/11. I lost a personal friend who was on Flight 93. Hmm. Uh, that went down in Pennsylvania, of course. And uh, and so it got a little personal for me as well. But you're paying your federal taxes. You're doing your part to support the government of the United States. And, and part of that, of course, pays salaries for government employees, including attorneys employed by the Department of Justice. So your federal tax dollars are now paying for the, uh, the upkeep, the, the salary, of somebody who has defended people sworn to uh, destroy America and, uh, and, has, and and advocates attacking. In fact, some have have actively uh, pursued attacks on American citizens. This, to me, just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's insult on top of injury, or dumb on top of stupid. Mm-hmm. Maybe is a better way to put it. Uh, and and, it, and it's a pattern. Um, you know, this administration, uh, the president's first. First big act was announcing he was going to close Gitmo, uh, Guantanamo Bay. Uh, pretty clearly now we see he never had a, a real plan for how to accomplish that. We're still waiting for one. But in the middle of the night, and actually in violation of a congressional order that he not spend any money transferring, uh, uh, trying anything to do with, with moving the prisoners held at Gitmo, he moved Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and four other 9-11 co-conspirators into lower Manhattan, of all places, mm-hmm. victimizing the victims again, mm-hmm. pouring salt in a wound that will never heal for the people in New York, especially those who lost friends on that horrible day. Uh, they're still trying to figure that part out. The Christmas Day bomber, uh, he, uh, they, they immediately Mirandize him, let him lawyer up, he uh, he finds out he's got the right to remain oh. silent. Guess what? He zips up yes. for about five or six yes. weeks. Wait, let me let me just stop you here because I I want to talk about all these other things, but I want to go back to the uh, Justice Department b- before we leave that. What happened um, after Holder admitted that there were at least nine? Like, what kind of um, did anyone react to that? I saw Chuck Grassley um, interviewed very briefly by Fox News. Uh, I won't say that nothing else has been out there, but I've not seen any. Uh, I mean, I found I found out about it on Andrew Breitbart's BigGovernment.com, and other than that, it it has received essentially zero coverage. Now, let me let me get make it make us a, a, a little analogy, if I might, Doctor. You'll remember back to 2001. Uh, the Bush administration was brand new. One of their objectives was a national energy policy. This was, of course, before 9/11, and um, and and it it came to light later that that uh, he'd asked Dick Cheney, Vice President Dick Cheney, to head up this task force, and Dick Cheney 
had the audacity to meet with oil company executives. In other words, he's trying to develop an energy policy, and he went and met with leaders of companies that actually produce energy. Now, to me, that seemed to make sense in the overall piece of the puzzle. The left, of course, went nuts and used that as further evidence, uh, if they needed any, that Dick Cheney ought to be impeached. This was front-page news, New York Times, Washington Post, etc., for days and days and days that Dick Cheney had uh, had met with oil company executives. Um, yet the, the mainstream media, these same, same papers, seem to have no problem at all with the fact that we've got terrorist defenders now working in our own Justice Department. I took an oath when I went to Congress, the same one every other member takes, to defend the Constitution of the United States against all foreign, all enemies, foreign and domestic. We now have employees of our Justice Department that have made a living defending enemies of the United States of America. Well, just, I know we have to take a break, but um, is Chuck Grassley, the, the Congress, the Senator who, who started this, is he going to follow up and try let's to do talk, something? Let's talk about that process. It sounds like you've got music. I know yes, what that means. Yes, I know. <laughs> I don't want to stop talking with you. Okay, my guest is Bob Ropre. We've heard a little bit about his background. He's uh, from farmer to congressman to Republican nominee for governor of Colorado. We're talking about what Washington has up its sleeve for you, and it ain't good as you we're just uh, starting to scratch the surface. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? 
Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Bob Beaupre. We're talking about uh, what the government has up its sleeve for you, and it ain't good, and we've just begun to talk about that. You know, as, during the break, I was thinking to myself, well, actually, I've been thinking since the beginning, since Obama got elected, what could we do to uh, get him out of office? But I was just thinking maybe we need to, you know, so one way, of course, would be to impeach him. I mean, that's the primary way. Um, and uh, maybe we need to send some um, really sexy uh, young interns <laughs> into the that's White House. Tried before, Doctor. That, that's oh, oh, I knew it sounded familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wrote about that somewhere else, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's amazing when you think about uh, that crime, so-called crime, uh, and I'm not advocating that our president or other elected officials should be having affairs, but when you think about that, Compared to the things that Obama has already done in office, it's like, you know, that's like a Disney movie. It pales by comparison. Uh, you, your, your, your characterization, unfortunately, is, is right. Uh, you know, many people have said, uh, will, will uh, Barack Obama be like Bill Clinton and, and kind of change his spots as Bill Clinton seemed to uh, take the lessons of his first year uh, the uh, the repudiation of their attempt to then get through Hillary Care, very similar effort to what's going on right now. Uh, Bill Clinton seemed to morph into a bit more of a centrist, willing to work with uh, mm-hmm. the, the Republicans and and the, uh, the the Congress that he uh, he had to work with. Um, I don't think there's I don't see that willingness on the part of this president. He was, after all. In the little while he was in the United States Senate, he established himself with his own voting record as the number one most liberal member of the United States Senate. Hmm. That takes some doing. Hmm. You've got John Kerry there, and of course Hillary, and Ted Kennedy was there, and Chuck Schumer, and Barbara Boxer, and and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even Bernie Sanders, the self-proclaimed socialist, had a more conservative record, Hmm. voting record, than did Barack Obama, and frightening as as that is, guess who was number three? Joe Biden. Huh. So the, the, this is a, in spite of the way the mainstream media wanted us to to believe that uh, that 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 he would govern from the middle, that he really was a a mm-hmm. centrist. Uh, I mean, there was no evidence in in his voting record, no evidence in his past. And as my dad taught me, you're, you remember, son, you're known by the company you keep. Mm-hmm. Well, we know enough about the company, the friends that uh, that uh, that he associated himself with long before he became a candidate for president, 
And uh, they're not a bunch of middle-of-the-roaders. Yes, absolutely, from his priest or pastor on down. And yeah. at least Bill Clinton balanced the budget <laughs> by the end of his uh, terms. Well, and he, he, had, he had some help from Capitol Hill. The, the help, that, uh, help, in quotes, that Barack Obama's getting from Capitol Hill is to just keep putting the accelerator farther mm-hmm. down and spend, spend, spend. By their own admission, uh, they expect trillion-dollar deficits for years to come. Well, and that, of course, leads us back to what we were starting to talk about in regard to terrorism, um, because as the economy it gets worse and worse and we get more in debt, of course that's uh, leaving us more vulnerable to terrorists, because how are we going to be able to afford, I mean, not only in terms of prevention and people on on the payroll to uh to be watchdogs and not that not that Obama is really uh, uh, d- driving um, us in that direction, but but also what happens um, in an attack when we need more first responders? Where is the money going to be coming from to pay for that? And and I'm sure uh, Osama in his cave somewhere um, is is fully aware of all of that. The budget that the president just submitted to uh, to Capitol Hill cuts well over two hundred billion out of Homeland Security. Oh wow! So th- does that does that uh, somewhat make the case you were just outlining? Well, uh, yes. I, I know where their priorities are, uh, and and they are they are not national security. Uh, this. Uh, this president at least came to office, and I believe still has uh, an entrenched belief that because of his aura, his personality, he can somehow talk people into liking us, talk talk the world into peace. Although Iran is obviously not uh, buying any of that, they're mm-hmm. they're plowing straight ahead. In fact, I think the uh, the most common four letter word in Washington D.C. and much of the world this year will be just that, Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is a frightening situation that is on the brink of uh, needing to be reconciled one way or the other here very, very shortly. Uh, this president has, has, has monumental issues on his plate. Yes, the economy. Yes, our, our, our rapidly growing uh, national debt. Um, but the, the international situation, yeah. uh, national security is... Uh, is very very real. I mean, here he is spending ninety percent of his energy and time, it seems like, on Obamacare, and sort of sticking his head in the sand when it has anything to do with terrorism or Iran or, you know, other national security issues. He is, uh, in my opinion, he he came to office. Um, just obsessed with establishing an FDR kind of legacy. And I don't mean as the guy who navigated us through most of World War II. Uh, I mean the, 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 the whole, uh, um, <laughs> now, now the name escapes me, the, uh, the, the New Deal. Mm-hmm. And, and Obama uh, thought health care, the nationalizing of health care, a single-payer system, and all, he can say he's not really going there as much as he wants to. There is plenty of public record of him saying that is the objective, and he'll go there faster, he'll go there slow, but that's how we're going. That's where we're going. Uh, that's almost a direct quote from him. 
Well, you know, um, it's so interesting. He, he's going to establish that, and everything else can go away. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and let's talk, get down to brass tacks. You know, there was this whole issue that was, I mean, this whole political correctness stuff, um, where where his own Muslim background was, um, of course, not supposed to be questioned before the election and so on. And there's, I mean, and the whole thing about his birth certificate, which never has really been resolved. Um, and, I mean, he's never really proven that he is actually an American citizen. Um, and, you know, there was some thinking uh, amongst people who just wanted to vote for him for Hopi and Changey, regardless of what his background was. Um, but, but you know, some people thought that because of his background, that these that terrorists or would-be terrorists would be more uh, willing to listen to him, or he'd be able to communicate better with them. And in fact, as as I and I'm sure you and lots of other people said uh, who weren't listened to per the results of the election, um, that uh, in fact it really you know his sympathies. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'll probably I'll step short. One, I'll stop one step short of saying that um, he's encouraging uh, radical Islam, but it's just one short step because he's certainly not doing very much to discourage it. He's encouraging it in 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 one very notable way uh, by an appearance of weakness, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a vulnerability that that our enemies, especially uh, radical Islam, love to exploit. Uh, they, um, you know, they, they, they recruit, they promote the fact that America is weak, that America eventually will, will fold our tent and go home. And when they see a president that is inclined to, uh, to make that case for them, uh, that is weakness on steroids. And uh, when, this, when this president goes around the world, uh, as well as into the well of, of the U.N. in our own uh, Manhattan, um, and, and feels compelled to spend most of his airtime apologizing for American sins and transgressions, mm-hmm. uh, and has no problem at all offering a great litany of what those uh, are. Um, I recall a president standing at the Brandenburg Gate saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of strength that we need from a president. Jack Kennedy, I remember uh, well. I was fairly young then, but I remember very well the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, when he stared down Nikita Khrushchev and the Soviets uh, and, and preserved our safety and demonstrated American resolve and strength. That's the kind of leadership we need. Uh, I'm sure you know, Doctor, who Lech Walesa is, the great Polish uh, freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, along with Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, John Paul II, are typically mentioned uh, in the same sentence as the, the people that brought the Soviet empire to its knees and eventual collapse. Lech Walesa was in Chicago recently, uh, and in reaction uh, to a question about the, the, the perception, the global perception of America now, he said essentially this, that uh, you, you, there was a time when you, you could count on America to do the right thing. If something went wrong, we always had that hope. America would do the right thing. Today, he says, we have lost that hope. America has lost its moral and political leadership. Wow. Ouch. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Well, with that ouch, let's take a break. 
My guest is Bob Beaupre, um, a former congressman, a Republican nominee for government of Colorado, a man who has his pulse on what's happening in Washington and all around the world, essentially. We'll be back uh, talking about what the government has up its sleeve for you. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Bob Beaupre. He is the author of A Return to Values, A Conservative Look at His Party, and um, he is also the vice chair of the John Hancock Committee. We'll uh, hear a little bit about that before the end of the show. Um, I just, there's, you know, so much we can talk about. Um, Why don't we talk just for a few minutes about the latest news about the business contracts? Yeah, I, uh, you know, some days I think that they can't possibly come up with anything more outrageous, and then they do. Um, this recent one uh, is is uh, is a plan I call it to unionize the American workforce. Now, some might think that's a good idea. I don't. It really goes right to uh, to the old Marxist uh, philosophy 
of, uh, of a, a, a minimum wage, uh, a, a uniform wage, not a minimum wage, a uniform wage for all workers, the, the old uh, cry, workers of the world unite. Um, it is right out of that mindset. What it would involve is this, that every business that does any work at all with the federal government, gets a federal contract of any kind, would have to pay a union-level wages and benefits. This would be uh, inflationary uh, at a minimum, but it's also an assault on our free market system, of which the president says he's a big fan of. Uh, he says that, but his actions uh, tell you that he is not speaking the truth, because uh, he is doing just exactly the opposite. This is the heavy hand of government coming in, and uh, by regulation, by force, uh, forcing private businesses to get in line. Now, in a in a, in another place and time, uh, this would not be called socialism. Uh, there would be another word for it. This is fascism. A government taking over and controlling a private industry by regulation, by taxation, by litigation, by intimidation. Um, and, and and don't think that this is a small amount of our economy. This is about a half a trillion dollars worth of business a year. This is a big deal. And uh, this is being promoted, of course, by, by Andy Stern, the, the big shot from the SEIU and, and other labor unions. It's right out of their manual, their priority manual of things they want to see done. And uh, no surprise, the Obama administration is perfectly willing to, uh, to uh, use their power to get it done. And yes, I, I think, you know, of course, this, this whole um, economic recession, parentheses, depression, close parentheses, um, it really opened the doors because of this, you know, starting with the bailouts of the car companies and the banks and giving the government more entree into business. Um, well, I don't call them bailouts. I call them seizures because... Uh, uh, you know, we, we didn't used to be, the federal government didn't used to be in the car business. Uh, we are now. Even though he said he didn't want to get in the auto business, uh, he sure did. Uh, he did it without a vote of Congress. He did it without a, a court order. He did it without any constitutional authority. Uh, he, he, uh, he fired the leadership of the car com- companies. He put his own leadership in place. He threw secured creditors in the trash can, gave their equity position, gave their equity position, to the labor unions, uh, go figure that one, um, and um, uh, here we go. He did it all again without, as far as I can tell, any legal authority whatsoever. Yes, but the, that's the, the equity positions part. they took in the banks, same thing. The the toxic assets, so called, that TARP was uh, passed for for them, so the government could take those toxic assets, those mortgage-backed securities, off the banks' books. They're still on the banks' books. What Barack Obama decided he'd rather have is an ownership position, equity, in the banks. Guess why? Yeah. This is a. It, this is to me is absolutely astounding, Doctor. What we have seen go on, almost without a whimper, uh, over just the last year. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, our time is going to getting to a close, unfortunately, and I want to make sure that there's time to for you to give out some website addresses, and to tell us um, what the John Hancock Committee does. Well, the John Hancock Committee is, a, is kind of a, think of family, a family with a lot of members, and, and our members provide uh, consulting service to 
to uh, states, uh, activists, a lot of these Tea Party folks uh, that are looking for a, a way to not just be angry about the politics of America, but to be successful in this crazy world of, of, uh, of politics and to, as we like to say, save our republic. We think it needs saving. So they can go to uh, your, your listeners, uh, care to learn more, they can go to HancockCommittee.org, and they'll see a link on there to something called the Franklin Center that's uh, an investigative journalism center, the Sam Adams Alliance, which is about message and communication. The American majority is probably most interesting to them because that's a grassroots development organization. And I contribute uh, a policy resource called a line of sight. That's uh, where we, just like you and I have been doing for the last hour, a lot of opinions about uh, current issues of the day. I write as well as a whole bunch of contributors around the country, and uh, there's a subscription button. They can get our regular issues there. I also have a blog on there that I post on almost daily. And let me spell that out. It's a line of sight, A-L-I-N-E, of, O-F, site, S-I-G-H-T, alignofsite.com, and it was um, uh, hancockcommittee.org. That's correct. Uh, well, and, oh, and I also want to uh, mention the name of your book again, A Return to Values, A Conservative Look at His Party. It's on Amazon. I'm sure it's in bookstores. And uh, this is really something that, um, you know, last time I was talking about joining the Tea Party or starting your own um, group, um, you should check out the John Hancock Committee and, and see what help they might be able to uh, give you, as well as alignofsight.com to, for more uh, blogs and opinions and ideas about, and, and some more um, and information about even more things than we've been able to cover today that um, are coming down the line. I mean, the only way to, to fight against these things is to first become aware of them and, so that the, you're not caught by surprise and, and uh, um, bulldozed by well, you're all you're absolutely these right. Ben Franklin told us uh, they gave us a republic if we could keep it. Mm. And that requires an informed, enlightened, and a, an engaged citizenry. Now's the time. Yes, absolutely. Well, Bob Beaupre, thank you very much uh, for joining me today. We could uh, we could go on and talk forever. Um, I mean, I think one of the most important things, and of course, a subject that is that I'm passionate about, is is the danger that we're in in regard to terrorism, and and um, really, the the it's important to read those little. <laughs> it's not necessarily the top news all the time. It's sometimes hidden for uh, you know good reasons. Uh, to try to go along with trying to pretend that we're all safe now. <laughs> 9-11 is over. We can all go home. But, in fact, these things are, are there are more plots being hatched as we speak right now, and, and uh, we need a government that's going to be very proactive and actually believe that we are in a war on terror. I mean, that's one of the, <laughs> that, of course, is another unbelievable kind of thing that we're not supposed to say that we're in a war on terror. It's, a, it's unbelievable the, uh, the position that our government is in right now. It's you know I talk about in the book that I've written, uh, coping with terrorism, dreams interrupted, um, that was published in the UK and the American version is going to be coming out. Um, I talk about how the first thing we all need to do is to uh, is to stop being in denial. But you know when you have a president <laughs> who's in oh, denial, yeah. it makes the whole the whole situation uh, a million times worse. Well, anyhow, well, thank you the... so much for sharing oh, your insights. Pleasure. 
been a pleasure. Thank you, Doctor. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Let me give you again, the uh, the websites are alignofsight.com and um, Hancock, H-A-N-C-O-C-K, committee.org. And um, please go check out these things, find out more. Don't... <laughs> Don't keep your head in the sand, both about terrorism and about what's going on in our government, because we do have to uh, be like the, like the people with the Tea Party. Um, if you, or you can start your own Tea Party, but the, we need to uh, be have that have that spirit again, that revolutionary spirit. If if things, if our freedoms are being taken away, so thank you all, and um, and I'll tune in next week every Tuesday from 1 to 2 to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a 